0: You're listening to The Oaks Church, a faith family located in Denham Springs, Louisiana. For more information about The Oaks, visit oaksonline.org. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. Well, first I want to start off by saying just thanks for all the entries, for all the questions that were submitted, whether online or in the basket. We're starting a new series right now called Q&A, Genuine Questions, Biblical Answers, and so... All your answers, all your questions will somehow fit within the next seven to eight weeks, whether that's in the home groups or whether that's here on Sunday mornings. We kind of wade through them and pick some practical, some doctrinal, and then we'll put some within the home group. So we're very excited about that. And uh, once again, I just want to thank you for that. and Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for um, allowing God to Share your thoughts with us, and then hopefully we can do well and present the truth in a biblical view, in a biblical lens. And so today what we're going to do, we're going to start off with the question, what is theology? It's very general, very basic. We're not going to uh, sit in a seminary class for three hours and teach you systematic theology, but I want to give you a general overview. I want to encourage you to be theologians that God has created you to be. So that when you think of who God is, when you reason about who God is, that you will seek His Word and you will seek out His truth. And so first, we we pose the question. The question at hand is, what is theology? What does this mean? Theology, like many other disciplines that we know in life, have a common ending like biology, anthropology, uh, zoology, kinesiology. We, We see this ending, the suffix, ology. And so in that, the common suffix uh, comes from the Greek word logos, which you see in First John: "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." And so, logos, in the Greek word, it's translated by the English word "word." So, when we look at that word, when we think about theology, when we think about what it means, it means word. And so when you think of the word theology, the first part of that is theos, which means God. It's the Greek word God. And so when we put those together, it's a study the word of God. Or it's a study of the idea of who God is or the reason of God. And we've even gone as far as to say the logic of God. And so this is the study of theology. This is the study of God. The idea that we have from Our early childhood, when we started to think about what is this life all about? In our souls, we started wondering where do we go when we die? What is our purpose? When these questions come about, you became a theologian. Whether you believe it or not, you are theologians. And so, 2 Timothy 3.15 says this, And from childhood you have known the sacred writings which you were able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ all scriptures inspired by God and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction for training in righteousness so that a man of God may be adequate equipped for every good work and so the reason behind this message the reason behind this this series I just want to share a little bit about my life as a young teenager when I came to know the Lord when I really surrendered my life when I looked back at what I thought was Christianity growing up in the Roman Catholic Church, I looked back and God compelled my heart that there was something so much more than just the stories, the routines. That He grabbed my heart and He said, you know, it's about falling in love with me, surrendering your life to me in obedience. And so as I think back, I was haunted by this feeling of there was some sort of hierarchy within religious people, religious leaders, that if I wasn't a priest, didn't have the black suit with the white collar, I didn't think about Christianity, I didn't think about it, I was just told about it, and I accepted it, and I said, you know, God is good. Uh, The flood came, there was a big boat, and all these cool things, so I accepted the stories, but I was also discouraged, because I had a lot of questions. I had a lot of questions about this God. About this life. And so as I'm growing up, God calls me. And I respond in faith to His message. And I kind of get in this little role of I love you God, I'm serving you, I'm living for you. Then I kind of get trapped again. I'm seeking after Christ, I'm wanting to follow Him. And I join another church I don't have to say it, but I was discouraged once again with this sort of idea of I'm not good enough because I didn't have seminary or I didn't go to school. And so we love you and we want you here to serve and do all the crazy games for the kids, but we don't want you to teach. We want you to think about God unless you have a degree behind your name. So once again, I found myself discouraged. and I was like, God, what's going on? What's going on? Why is this so-called restraint in my life on wanting to know more about you? Why do I feel tied down? And it's unfortunate that the church has done that to us, especially those in leadership. They say that certain things should be behind your name so that you can teach the Word of God. And whereas, let me just say, sidetrack, seminary is awesome. I went to seminary. And it can fast-track you. um, And there's so many good mentors and all that. I can get into that. And I love it. And I appreciate it. But that's not the point. What I'm saying is that there wasn't the encouragement to think about theology, to think about who God is, how He's working in and out of my life. It was, well, you need to go to seminary first. You need to do these things. And so this morning, that's my encouragement to you is that I don't want you to get stuck in that. I don't want you to think because of your, whatever age you are, young or old, whatever position you have, whatever job you have, that you can't think or reason about who God is. That you can't come up with a logic of who God is and how He works in your life. So I want you to be encouraged this morning that we are all theologians and that we all have the ability to think and to reason who God is and how He works in my life. And so then I got a job at Community Bible Church and I sat under a pastor called Bill Young for almost three years and it was the best three years of my life in ministry. It was a pastor who led by example, who led through love, who wasn't scared to allow me to think and ask questions. I'm sure there were some questions that he was like, what is this guy asking? <laughs> but it was good. It was so good. It was so good to hear from a man that had such wisdom and a man that had such love. So that's where we are as the Oaks. Don't be afraid to ask. We might not have all the answers, but we're going to search them out. We're going to seek them out with you. And so in your life, in your workplace, in your child, even your children, My child knows that any question can be asked. Any question. It does not matter. And I tell him, I may not know the answer, but we're going to figure it out together. So that's where we want to be. When we think about theology, when we think about questions, when we're reasoning who God is and how this life works, listen to what C.S. Lewis says. He says, If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. I was made for another world. And ever since the fall, ever since humanity fell and creation fell, we've longed to be restored to God. We've longed to be restored. And so we can't help it but to have questions about who God is. So don't be afraid. Ask. And so we find ourselves, as C.S. Lewis would say, that we're unsatisfied with this world and that within us stirs these thoughts about who God is and that we are a people that were created for eternity. We're not created for now. We're created for eternity. To be with God. To be reconciled with God. Isaiah 26 says this, at night, my soul longs for you. Indeed, my spirit within me seeks you diligently. For when the earth expires, your judgments and your inhabitants of the word of the world learn righteousness. In Psalm seventy-three, it says, "Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on earth." Psalms one nineteen eighty-one says, "My soul suffers for your salvation, and I wait for your word." Psalm 42, "My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And in Psalm 63 it says, "O oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly, and my soul thirsts for you, and my flesh yearns for you, and in a dry and weary land, there is no water." Psalms 133, it says, "Stretched out my hands to you, my soul longs for you." as the parched land, Salem. So this is the cry of the psalmist. This is the cry of all of us. You know it. I know it. Within our soul, we thirst for something more than just who we are. And so here's the question. What is evangelical theology? One of the earliest definitions that we see comes from the Latin phrase, which means faith-seeking understanding. Faith-seeking understanding. It's our faith in something that we cannot see, but yet we want to understand. So this is the earliest definition that we see today is defined as a discourse or a word or a logic about God um, with certain essential Christian beliefs. And so these are, but they're not excluded or limited to. Let me read you this. This is where we stand firm as Christians. This is where we cannot waver. The infallible and inherent sea of the Bible. That it is without error, that it is dependable, that it is sound. The triune God, or the Godhead, the Trinity. The virgin birth of Christ. The deity of Christ which means Christ is God. The all-sufficiency of Christ's atoning sacrifice for sin, that He satisfied God's wrath. The physical and miraculous resurrection of Christ. The necessary of salvation by faith alone through God's grace alone based on the work of Christ alone. Not based on you or me, but based on Christ alone. The physical return of Christ. It's not just good enough that he died and he atoned, he had to resurrect. And he did. The eternal mindful bliss of the saved, and also the eternal mindful punishment of the unsaved. These are true. These are things that we have to hold on to from a theological standpoint, from an evangelical theological standpoint. Because there's a lot of theology out there, and there's a lot of good and bad theology. And so what is evangelical theology? It's what believers would consider good theology. It's good theology. It's not the Oprah theology, where just everything kind of has their own theology, but eventually it's going to lead back to who God is. But unfortunately, most of the time, we run into bad theology. Why do we run into bad theology? There's two reasons. I'm going to give you, I'm sure there's much more, but I think when we look at people, when we look at who we are as humanity, we fall under two major categories. One is self-centeredness, where we build a world around us that satisfies self. You know, that, that nothing matters at no cost as long as I'm good. I could care less about anything around me. I'm building self-centeredness. And this is what it would look like as a Pharisee. That they did. They even made their own rules to make them look good. They were so far uh, advanced in their knowledge that it overtook them. We can be on two ends of the spectrum, and we'll see. The second part of this is that first, self-centeredness. Second, is laziness. We've adopted whatever tradition, whatever our peers have accepted. You know, whatever our parents have taught us. From childbirth. And we said, this is is good enough for me. God is good. I go to church every Sunday, and so we're lazy. We're either so far on the other end, or we're we're on the laziness end. We're either, you know, very rule-regulated, very knowledge-based, so much that we cannot see the Gospel, that all we think we are are these guys that sit in ivory Towers and talk about theology, or we're lazy. We're like, yeah, I've been going here since I was born. And uh, my mom went here since I was born, so everything's good and life is good. And both of those are wrong. There has to be the middle ground. There has to be your own theology, your own theology, your own reasoning who God is and how you fit into this picture. And so here's some basic theology, basic divisions of systematic theology. In the discipline of theology, there's, it's a broad term. There's many subcategories under that. And so if we think of theology and we say this is who God is, this is the reason, our thought, our logic of who God is, how he works, the study of God. Let me give you a few. Don't get scared, like I said. We're not going to be much longer. I just want to introduce these to you. Uh, Bibliology is about the Bible. Theology proper is the study of God. But it's the study, it's a subdivision under that. It's the study of his nature, his character. And so when we look at that, we get... Um, Pneumatology, which is the study of the Spirit, Holy Spirit. We get Christology, which is the study of Christ. Uh, then we have anthropology, which is the study of humans. We have Hormatology, which is the study of sin. We have soteriology, study of salvation. Eschatology, study of the church. I'm sorry, ecclesiology, study of the church. Eschatology, study of last times or the future. And so I noticed a lot of ologies I just threw out there. And I know you're thinking, like, what does that matter? Let me tell you why it matters. Here's our goal today. This is what I want you to get. If you don't walk out of here remembering anything else I've said, except for ology, hear this. And I stole this from DTS Theological Program because I loved it. He said, our goal is not so much to teach good theology, as important as that is, but to teach people to think. We want you to think. We want you to reason. Ignorancy is our own fault. Ignorant is not a bad word. It's not a bad thing unless you're satisfied with it. Let's not be people. Let's not be Christians who are ignorant. Let's think about who God is and ask those questions. So that's the goal today. matter of fact, James 1 teaches us and commands us to ask, for wisdom, It says in, in verse 5, but if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So how does this theology benefit me or help me in everyday life? We believe that the truth is not found in spirit-illuminating individuals, but in, in community of spirit-illuminated individuals. Does that make sense? You can't stand on an island on your own. You need a community of believers. We are a body of Christ. We as spirit illuminated individuals come together in a community to sharpen, to shape the body of Christ so that we can bring glory to the Father. See, it's still not about us. As individuals, it is about us. We're spirit illuminated individuals who stand on our own whether you believe it or not, it's about you. It's about you looking good. It's about you having the right answers. But it's not about a community that wrestles with who God is and how He works. We want to wrestle with that. We want to wrestle with His sovereignty. We want to ask the question. So that we can better represent His church to a lost and dying world. Therefore, we are believers that the body, both alive and dead, must come together to understand theology, shaping it from many perspectives and different experiences. This is doing theology in a community. That's how we do it. How do we do it in everyday life? In other words, how does this theology influence my daily routine? Think about this. And now, once again, remember, we all have theology. Whether it's good or bad, hopefully it's good. So how does this affect my daily routine? How does it influence what I do? When we think about God, first of all, our theology affects that. When we think about who God is. When we share the Gospel. We share the Gospel. Are we sharing it the right way? Are we telling people to come to Christ so life can be good? Because you're wrong. (laughs) When we share the Gospel. When we interpret the Bible, when we interpret the Bible, when we think about who God is and we look at the Word of God, how are we interpret it? affects that. When we get sick, it affects that. How do we look and view Christ in the midst of our sickness, in the midst of our pain? When we defend our faith, we defend our faith Who's scared to defend their faith? I was there at one point. Might not have all the answers. Just young in my faith. And that's okay. You don't have all the answers. (laughs) And a lot of us are young in our faith. But seek it out. Seek it out. We need to be a people who are ready to defend our faith and what we believe. When we plan for the future, What does retirement look like? We talked about that the other day as elders. What does that look like? We store up so much and get a cool golf cart and an RV and we sit at the, I don't know, local RV park and ride our golf cart. I don't know. Sounds good, right? Do we store up enough to give back to God's community? That we do life well, that we end well. Mr. Joe, I'm giving him a little plug. He's going to teach on that in a couple weeks. That we are men and women that finish well. What does the future look like? What is our theology about that? When we choose schooling for our kids, public school, private school, homeschool, affects your theology. Your theology affects that. How does that look? When we vote, how does that look? Who are we voting for? I'm not saying I'll get in trouble. Uh, no. When we, attempt, when we attempt to deal with sin in our life, that's a tough one. What's our theology about that? Word, harmonology, sin? What do we think about that? How do we deal with that? I'm just a sinner. God forgives me. Grace is good. How do we deal with that? Or we have people that trust His Word when it comes to sin. How do we decide who to marry? He makes a lot of money. For good. How do we we decide who to marry? What does it look like? It's a big deal. Our theology matters. It matters. So I know today was short. And I know today, probably a lot of questions, a lot of words. That's good. And that's my encouragement to you as a pastor. As a young man being discouraged, to you as a faith family, I want to encourage you Think about who God is. Look at his word. Not be afraid to ask questions. Because our theology matters in everyday life, everyday circumstances, everyday choices we make. It matters. And we want to be a people that make the choices that glorify who God is in everyday life. We want to do that as a community. Sharpens each other. Loves each other. that Encourages each other. A community that seeks understanding and not division. Let me pray. Father, God, as we start today and as we continue to move through this next sermon series,